Hello everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Let's Talk Some, it's uh, Steve here. You've tuned in to episode 16 of the show with a uh, great guest, Mike Hardcore Inc. Fletcher. I've known Mike for some time now, I've been able to learn that he had a wrestling career before, professional, performing up and down the country, performing in factions, performing as a solo um, wrestling personality. He unfortunately encountered an injury which uh, set back a career and dreams and many goals that he had. Uh, we broke his neck and unfortunately had stepped down for a career at a very young age and with much more left to give. Now, after a wee bit of trouble, he managed to get himself back on his feet. He's been able to channel a lot of the stuff that he put into the wrestling industry and the clothing lines and to be an advocate for mental health. And as of today, he's uh, doing great. He's getting sales for his business. His clothing line's getting a bit more popularity, getting more traction on social media. He's in a good place, positive place. He's working with Sam H in Scotland for mental health. He's been able to use all this stuff collectively to represent himself as an individual and to represent his brand as an entity that's uh, working on making waves in the clothing scene and in the mental health world. Tune into the episode, a lot of fun, good wee kind of chats and reminisce about wrestling, good important chats about mental health and facing adversity. If you want to find out more about Mike, go to Hardcore Inc on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Mike the force on instagram and hardcore link just type it into google you've got his website he's got a link tree he's got a linkedin he's got a pinterest hardcore link make sure it's a hardcore with a k the distinctive hardcore message from mike fletcher of hardcore check out tunes check out the episode and enjoy Today on the show, I've got Mike Fletcher on. He's a mate, a guy who once worked as a pro wrestler, but through a freak injury had broken his neck. Only recently, he's been in a position where he fails where he needs to be. He's got a clothing line. He collaborates with mental health charities. He wants to create a world around him he can enjoy whilst helping others. How are you doing, Mike? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. I've just been uh, working away, plodding away on different podcast episodes, different ventures, and so on. 2020, very troubling time. How was it for yourself? What was the pandemic like? The, the pandemic for me, it was, I mean, it was all right initially. Um, a shock to most of the people around the world. But uh, for me, I was working. I was working for Virgin Media at the time. Then obviously the pandemic got a bit more intense. Then um, the stores started to close down and all that kind of stuff. So... Uh, it was shifted into a home working scenario, mm -hmm. uh, which was tough because um, at the very same time, the schools came off and they were homeschooling too. So it was kind of juggling things um, in terms of the, the school work and my work mm -hmm. um, and doing taking calls uh, in your house is tough, as you know, <laughs> <laughs> and try to juggle up kids and at two different levels, uh, one at primary, one at secondary, and trying to rack your brains of how to do that math mm -hmm. stuff and, uh, you know, how to do the English essays and all the science kind of stuff. It was tough. It was tough. Um, but then it came to August 
uh, of 2020 and uh, I was made redundant, um, redundancy hit and uh, yeah that was very tough. The whole dynamic uh, of life changed again for me. Um, I was out of a job, a, a job that I loved and it impacted the family life, mm -hmm. you know, um, kind of paying the bills and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, 2020 had, was okay initially, but then gradually got tougher as we went along. Then the redundancy, then that was it. It was downhill mm -hmm. from there for me. No, it sounds like, like many people, it's very tasking, not just tasking physically or financially, but mentally, a lot of, a lot of problematic circumstances that come about with you as well. And I mean, it's good to see that we're hopefully getting back to normality, if we can call it that, based on the, the promises that we've been hearing from the government and the promises we've been yeah. hearing from, well, the people who make the decisions. So brilliant. So any new habits of that that you developed during that time? Uh, not not habits um, mm -hmm. as such, but yeah, my mental health took a, a, a really big dive. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just due to things that happened pr even prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, mental health's been a big thing for me over the past maybe decade. Mm -hmm. um, come to terms with certain things that happened, but we'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah, um, no, 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 definitely. Yeah, right. so it was tough. I got I got to a, a position that was at um, the brink of suicide. And mm -hmm. That's how real it got for me. Um, and that's still very new. I mean, that was only what, 12, 13 weeks ago now mm -hmm. that I was in that position. And thankfully for me, I'm one, one of the lucky ones that's been able to kind of work on myself. And I mean, to be honest, it scared the shit out of me. Um, and I don't get scared easy of, of, of things, but mm -hmm. uh, reality hit and you think of the things you've got in your life now yeah. um, that are important. And um, it made all those things that I felt were important before um, worthless, you know. Um, they weren't uh, worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. um, but your, your missus, your kids, your your house and your your life as you know it right now is is, is worth fighting for um so yeah it was a, a scary scary time but a reality check at the same time no i mean me mental health in, in anybody's case i mean it's all on different levels it's uh, on different pedestals a lot of people suffer from it but are able to maintain and function a kind of normal sense of life but on the other hand you've got people who can't people who certainly based on public perceptions and like men certainly men's mental health women's mental health itself is very very important but men's mental health and um, the kind of masculinity that goes into that a lot of men kind of don't want to show it so when they are kind of putting those things into perspective like family jobs and stuff like that they perhaps don't give it the credit that deserve in terms of how they've managed to turn around the adversity so we'll definitely yeah. look a bit more into mental health and uh, I think that perhaps along with all the stuff that you've done, mental health has its own kind of pedestal in the basis of how you've been able to face it, overturn it, and move on to bigger and better things. So just on uh, 2021 as we're into it now, so you're in the apparel business now. I am, yes. Yeah, yeah. so I've uh, created this clothing brand, as you know, mm -hmm. um, or a brand. Um, it's, it's starting to become a brand now. So yeah, uh, yeah hardcore ink. Mm -hmm. 
became a concept when I was when I was uh, competing and wrestling. Um, there was this uh, scenario that came along that yeah, we're going to put you in a tag team, mm-hmm. and, I, I, and I thought you know it's 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 go all out on this and kind of come up with a a name, a gimmick, some music, all yeah. a, a kind of how we're going to per, portray ourselves when we go out into the ring. Um, so, yeah, that's where Hearthstone came from. It was that initial tag team name. It was that concept. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when I left um, wrestling, um, I still had the name, you know. And I thought, what can I do with it? Um, it's still an extension of what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. But it's in a positive light now, so I've I've called the brand Hardcore Inc. Um, and I mean, it, for me, it came kind of full circle. It was who I was before, and it's kind of who I am now. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's an evolution. Yeah, you've been able to take an old personality, an old type of persona, if you will. I mean. Well, persona at that time, I mean, do you feel that the persona hardcore, do you feel that your personality back then, that hardcore can enable you to get out of that skin and get into this own type of thing that you can kind of put confidence across and portray this other character? Or do you think you always had that kind of within you? I think for me, um, when when I was a singles uh, wrestler, mm-hmm. um, I, was, I was forced my costume, as you know, and... Uh, yeah, it was, again, that's an extension of who I am as a human being. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was seen as this kind of strong, confident sort of character. And I like to think I'm that kind of guy in real life too. Mm-hmm. But when it came to hardcore, uh, we all know the, the kind of connotations. Back then, hardcore in the wrestling sense was... Like ECW. <laughs> yeah, kind of ECW kind of thing. Yeah. So hardcore, hardcore Inc., um, I wanted to step away from that because we'd done so many things mm-hmm. as a, a singles kind of guy in terms of hardcore matches and all that kind of weapons and stuff. Uh, I wanted to step away and make it something else. So hardcore was a more uh, moving away from that connotation of mm-hmm. uh, kind of violence and all that kind of stuff. And putting it into perspective of a more confident, positive light. Uh, that's what we tried to do. But as a tag team, it didn't work. It didn't work at all because they tried to put me and someone who's classed as a heel, who he was a, a heel like throughout when I was competing together to become a like a face tag team. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Didn't work. I think we had like three matches or something and that was it. Um, but it just didn't work on the dynamic that I was too over as a as a as a face, and he he was a heel. Yeah, so it didn't work. It was almost like the uh, two man power trip, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Triple H and Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, they worked. We didn't. So that's about how you portray it though it's about like the storyline though so I mean yeah if you're putting a heel and a baby face together maybe at that moment in time it wasn't going to happen but yeah. like it says the audience perception of you and stuff was like he's this such he's this such and that so it wasn't going to work but 
another time, man. Hard, hardcore heels and baby faces could have went together. So for me, we are wrestling. I'm aware of your wrestling. I'm aware of the organization as well. But um, what got you into wrestling? Like, where where did wrestling come from? Being in Scotland, we know that yeah. we're not we're not in the world of wrestling. Certainly, when we're kids, wrestling seems like it kind of is on another planet. How did you get into wrestling from that very first instance? I think from from what I remember, um, I I remember glimpses of the first ever WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I think it all comes from my mum, because um, my mum used to watch it as well. Um, and I just remember, I think when I was about five, six year old, um, just seeing it on the TV. And, you know, they used, mum and dad used to watch the, the the old world of sport on ITV. Uh. Giant, <laughs> giant haystacks and I've seen daddy and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So, and my dad, he was, uh, he did judo and stuff. So there's always oh, been wow. this sort of, kind of fight, kind of martial arts kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, wrestling was always on in, in the house on the TV. So mm-hmm. whether it was on Sky Sports with the WWF at the time or the world of sports. So yeah, that was where it first came from, I think. Like a, a combat sports household. Mine's was kind of the same. We never done nothing professional, but we certainly um, thought we were jumping off the top ropes. Eh, wardrobes. Yeah. So Getting into wrestling, being in Scotland, what was it like? Like, how did people react? Like, was there anybody kind of like, like, what are you doing? Like, just get into the, the kind of sports that we predominantly across here do. Was there any reactions to it that surprised you in a positive or negative light? Um, I mean, for me getting into it, it was I first started training. Um, albeit we were doing all the backyard wrestling stuff that the kids of our kind of generation yeah. used to do. Mm-hmm. Um and I wanted to pursue it at the, I think it was maybe 14, 15. Yeah. Um, and I'm still in school at this point. Mm-hmm. But I committed to training um, kind of in my own um, light, you know. I just studied wrestling tapes. Um, I studied a lot, of, a lot of wrestling from across the world, whether it be Japan, technical wrestling. It wasn't always WWF. There was WCW, there was ECW, there was all the Japan stuff, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, so I was... Best stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was kind of a student of the game, so I kind of learned a lot through mm-hmm. that, them studies. Um, then I got into a wrestling school, um, and at the time, I'd, I'd done sort of touched on martial arts. I'd done some yeah. martial arts at the time and all that kind of stuff. So um, SWE came along. I think I was maybe 16, 17. And I couldn't compete until I was 18. You weren't allowed for insurance purposes and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I trained. I mean, and uh, it was tough. It was really tough. I mean, you're talking about just like an old scout hall in Blair Gowrie. And just... Uh, the thin um, mats that you get at school, the thin blue ones, the hard I've, ones. I've wrestled on them. I've been on them before. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've bounced into the ropes and everything. It's like breaking your back. Yeah. And uh, I always knew from kind of growing up, I knew the, the kind of structure of a wrestling ring and all this. Mm-hmm. I'd never believed there was all these kind of springs and all that <laughs> crap under there. I knew it was a solid iron uh, kind of frame with wood boards and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, my first, I think I had my first 
match. It was just a kind of a, a dark match, as you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was newspapers there. There was kind of in this hall. Oh, the media. Was, yeah, there was. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was seventeen at the time. Wow. And I did my first match. Um, I wasn't fully trained or anything, but I had kind of experience in the mindset of what I'd studied and what I'd watched on tapes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it went actually really, really well. I busted the guy open with a clothesline because <laughs> um, he uh, misinterpreted the duck on the yeah. clothesline and, uh, and I busted his nose open <laughs> with st- stiff clothesline. But yeah, I mean, that, that was it from that time there. And uh, yeah, kind of made a career out of it as such. What was your name? I was the Force Mike Austin. Where did, where did the Force come from? The name so I was, Force? I was originally just Mike Austin. Oh. Um, that name comes from my, my favourite ever wrestler growing up and someone who I kind of looked up to in Stone Cold Steve Austin. His son of cat. But I followed him through his career anyway when he was a ringmaster and all that kind of stuff. Me too. But when he, he dropped that promo at uh, the King of the Ring, yeah. And uh, he said Austin 316 whipped your ass. Yeah. That was the birth of him. Um, so that's where Mike Austin came from as well. Just again, a, a namesake as such. And uh, so my first couple of matches that I did on a, a proper show, was, they were primarily kind of hardcore, last man standing kind of matches that involved kind of weapons and stuff. Yeah. And it was originally... Uh, Dubbed the hard, hardcore Highlander. <laughs> cool, man. That's a good name. Which, which was, cool name. was, which was pretty good. Um, yeah. And I think from there, I just kind of was very dominant and very powerful uh, in terms of uh, innovating moves and stuff, things that had not really been seen before mm-hmm. um, on British soil, anyway. Um, then that's where the force came from. Just kind of dominant, powerful style. Um, take no crap, kind of take no prisoners kind of um, character. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that was it. That was the birth of the force. So I was dubbed the, the force Mike Austin. And it, I, live, I live to that name today, man. It's, yeah, man. Yeah, it sticks. Force is class. Um, yeah, the, the all-empowering force, the, the force to be reckoned with. Um, yeah, man, yeah. that's awesome. What was your finishing move? Did you have a conventional finishing move that people would recognise or was it a kind of technical one for New Japan or something like that? So mine was, uh, I'll give the the technical name was the, it's uh, a fireman's carry into mm-hmm. a, a sit-down jawbreaker. Jeez. So if you, if you think of that, it's lifting the guy on your shoulders as a fireman's carry, spin them around in a stunner pretty much. And that, again, was using the kind of Austin kind of thing. I didn't want to take the stunner because that's mm-hmm. not my move. I don't believe in using other people's moves. I never yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, today I look at things and everyone uses a friggin' super kick. It's ridiculous. Um, instead of innovating and creating their own kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I made the Cyclone Cutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it was a play on words cool. before the force cyclone kind of spinning yeah and hit, uh, dropping in a stunner mm-hmm. uh, i used another move which was uh just a razor's edge mm-hmm. you know 
uh, Razor Ramones finisher, and that was called the end of everything. Yeah. Um, barely used that. Um, I used that one move once. Uh, came off the top rope. Yeah. Put a guy through the table <laughs> with it, <laughs> kind of up there, Razor's Edge, boom, down. Uh, Jeez, that was it. Um, then I started using the stunner. Believe yeah. it or not. Got got to pay homage, man. Certainly to the legend that is Stone Cold. I think everybody's uh, aspired to use the stunner. I used to use the stunner just in kind of play play time, mucking about and stuff, but not in your capacity. Yeah, but in my uh, in my kind of later later on in my career, I became more kind of technical and started mm-hmm. putting submission and stuff in. Um, and th- again, things that I'd learned from videotape and and sort of training. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the kind of, we had some guest trainers come in, uh, people like Doug Williams and mm-hmm. like proper British guys. Yeah, no Doug Williams. And uh, the British style of wrestling is completely different, as you know, uh, to American style. Even the way you move and position yourself is different. Um, the way you kind of throw a punch or a kick and some of the holds that you never see mm-hmm. in international wrestling. Um, yeah. No, it was good. It was good. It's, a, it's a, a tough industry to learn. Well, it's tough because you're, you're, you're always out front. You're always kind of testing it in front of the community. You've got people who are newer than you. You've got people that have been there for a long, long time. And yeah. you're always under somebody's watchful eye and executing a move might just be executing a move to some people, but... It's couldn't have moved the wrong way. Could well, we know what happened to Draws back in the day with Elo Brown. He's yeah. Draws is still paralyzed to this day. So yeah. tough industry to get into on the individual basis, but the fact that you've got to be very collaborative and look after people, and that's insane. So yeah, that's that's pretty mad. What kind of music did you have? Did you have any kind of theme tunes? I did. Um, I went through a kind of period. It was all kind of heavy kind of stuff yeah. uh, that you could imagine. Um, I had, I think my first theme was one of Fozzie's songs. Yeah. Um, cool. Then I went to use um, a band called Heaven Shall Burn, mm-hmm. which had a, a, a really good, uh, got a really good song. I can't even remember the name of it today, but I asked my brother and he knows all my theme songs. It's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, and I, I kinda, that was an impactful kind of theme. Uh, again, that was the force. I had this sort of kind of almost like a countdown kind of riff at the, the start. Then mm-hmm. it would pause and it would just kind of explode into kind of this kind of metal mash of kind of power. And uh, yeah, that would be that would be me bur- bursting through the curtains. When so, people can, yeah, the force is here. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was oh, really good. It's real good. No, so. I'm aware of your wrestling. I mean, I've seen photos and stuff. I've heard you've told me some stories kind of off camera and stuff regarding it. So I'm aware that you've done the wrestling at a point in time that wrestling was the way forward. That's what you wanted to do. That was the career. You were going to take it to as great heights as possible. Unfortunately, however, someone which has played a very pivotal role in the the kind of situation that you are in today as well. So you suffered an injury, which kind of put an end to all the dreams and desires that you had. So what happened to you? Dead. um, So, yeah, after maybe a career that spanned 11 years, Mm -hmm. um, not not always competing 
uh, in them 11 years, but I was still very much involved in the kind of industry and yeah. not always in Scotland because I, I did go down to England mm-hmm. and I had been in Europe or in some places. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, bro- I broke my neck um, and I can't even pinpoint where or how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was my last match in uh, in Scotland, in, in Dundee it was. Um, I, I mean, everything felt good. Uh, I'd done that match and I, I went home and uh, yeah, it was all good. Then the, the next morning, kind of wake up, you're always going to feel pain and stuff after that. Oh, no doubt, that, no doubt. Um, kind of all the welts and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't move. Um, so yeah, I was kind of right to the doctor and I think it was a period of a couple of weeks that uh, I was in to get a scan and stuff like that because the doctor felt like there was something going on or something yeah. wrong. Um, and yeah, I had a scan, uh, MRI, and uh, appeared that I'd trapped a nerve in my left shoulder, but I'd also uh, broken my neck mm-hmm. um, at the C6 uh, vertebrae. The C6 vertebrae and the disc was completely uh, crumbled and uh, with that crumbling, it trapped a nerve in my shoulder and the trapezius muscle. So, yeah, that was tough. And uh, I had to endure um, surgery for that, wherein they removed the vertebrae and they removed the disc, kind of flushed all that out, sorted the nerve out. Mm-hmm. Um, and f- what happened, they put a kind of rubber disc to replace the disc and yeah. put this kind of scaffolding and and uh the c the c5 and the c7 mm-hmm. um are fused together now so i've got like kind of one big vertebrae there now yeah disc. Um, oh, i know that fusing kind of minimizes the mobility yeah um, in that instance like did they tell you then at that point that um, in terms of movement and uh, I'm, I'm suppose you would have told them kind of your career this is what you do as well yeah yeah, so yeah, to kind of have that chat with them, you know, yeah. and uh, they tell me the bad news that I'd never be able to compete again, and uh, it never, it never hit me initially. I was like, no way, no way, I'm going back. I could go back tomorrow. I mean, I walked, I walked out of that hospital the very next day mm-hmm. after a three-hour surgery, which is mad, and it's uh, own right. Yeah, um, I came around from that surgery and. Uh, I was able to eat, drink, pass urine, mm-hmm. uh, have a shower and all that kind of stuff. And I walked out in my own two feet after breaking my neck and having a, a serious surgery. And I was like, no, I'm going back, going back. Um, and I think maybe I had a, a kind of review appointment after the surgery. It was maybe a, a month or two down the line. And uh, yeah, it showed me pictures, the extent of it, the before and after. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I mean, the, the this uh, specialist was like, you can't, you can't go back. I was like, okay. And that kind of over the past ten years, that's just kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's having that one thing that you've kind of lived, or it was your life for that that period of time, and it's just kind of mm-hmm. taken away a snap of the finger. Um, so yeah, I've had to get used to that over the past decade. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's you going through your dreams, your desires, like anything. People don't always aspire to be wrestlers, but it's like a basketball player or a football player or a weightlifter. If they're injuring certain components in their body, um, that's going to compromise their ability to compete and perform. That's generally like, like anybody, everybody's got different desires. If you're looking up to someone and you kind of get a full stop put on it against your own wishes, that's that's devastating. That, that's devastating financially if you're earning money. Um, but perhaps mentally and emotionally, because it's completely taken everything that you had planned and literally putting a stamp on it, that's it. So going for there, what do you do? So after that, like, what happened? Did you need to make an announcement, tell the wrestling company, or did you just kind of have to separate yourself from it all the way just so you didn't have any connections and um, have any kind of old kind of temptations to get back in? Um, yeah, I... I had to make that announcement uh, and kind of announce my retirement, but I couldn't. I couldn't do it on a, a show. I couldn't yeah. do it live in front mm-hmm. of a crowd. No, I was. I mean, it was traumatic enough that someone was taken away. Um, but yeah, I had to announce to the people I was wrestling with and going to be wrestling with that I couldn't fulfil my commitments anymore. Mm-hmm. I've had to like. Re- retire under doctor's orders mm-hmm. and uh, I mean from there I just went into a downward spiral mm-hmm. um, life was ugly yeah. um, for me and uh, kind of went off the rail you know broke the law and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, and that was that that all came from that my mental health was I was broken um, beyond beyond uh, I wasn't suicidal I was just angry um, mm-hmm. you know and you know I did, did things that are um, regrettable and and yeah um, yeah complete downward spiral yeah broken completely broken no so I mean that's something that I mean looking back now though you're able to see that it wasn't something that was inherent in you the stuff that you've done at the end of the day it was a reaction to a really traumatic experience and <clears throat> I mean thankfully you've been able to kind of turn it around so Yep. After that, did you want to get into like sports writing or kind of training or coaching, or did you take a completely different turn after that into someone else? I've, I've always liked the aspect of coaching, mm-hmm. but uh, even through martial arts and stuff that I've done, I mean, I've, I've done judo and I've done taekwondo as well. So, um, and the my oldest. Reese, as, as you know, he, mm-hmm. he did judo for a while. So, yeah. I mean, I, was, there was, I had the opportunity to potentially step into coaching judo. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, I, I, I wasn't allowed to do. I wasn't even allowed to coach. Oh, for all the hip tosses and frozen stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I had to kind of reevaluate everything because um, I knew, yeah, I couldn't be a coach in any kind of combat sports. Um I couldn't take part in any combat sports. Um, I even dabbled in MMA for two, two on two occasions, and yeah. uh, that was while I was wrestling. That was going to be my next thing. I was going to go from wrestling and go to MMA um, potentially. So I started training for that before I broke my neck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't do anything at all mm-hmm. in, term, in that kind of combat world. Um, that stuff, so I had to completely reevaluate uh, my life as it was. Yeah, so so being over the last decade, um, you've been able to turn that 
negative, if you will, into a complete positive. So we've been able to get a bit of an idea behind your mindset now, what you're getting into. What do you think it was that managed to get you through that? So you suffered really difficult times. You done things that, of course, are regrettable. Do you yes. did did you meet someone? Did someone inspire you to go? You know what? You've been knocked down, but you can get back up again. Was there anybody that done that, or was that someone within you that just kind of you knew you had, and you just had to find a way of uh, releasing it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you know, my missus Nikki. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, met met her, um, and that's where kind of life changed for me. Mm-hmm. And you know. Uh, she kind of took the time to hear and listen and and uh, listen to my story and what mm-hmm. what I'd done in my past and all that kind of stuff. And it was really endearing to hear that there was someone out there to that gave a crap, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was a big change. And I mean, we've been together now for what, six six years now, uh, going strong and. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's there day in, day out for me. So that's been a massive help. Same as the boys. Boys are here. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, I've become a, a father to them. Yeah. Um, taking, taking one of them on as my own. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all that's been, been uh, a massive kind of positive for me. Uh, and moving on, kind of getting back into reality and work. Um so in the past six years, I've had a couple of jobs, um, all ended in redundancy, <laughs> redundancy mind you, but um, <laughs> it is what it is. You can't help that. At no. least it wasn't me that caused it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's a kind of inspiring figure in my life at this point. Um, and it led up to things that I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but three, three months ago, um, I got to a stage that the the wrestling thing, the loss, everything creeped back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was sparked by the redundancy in August. Yeah. Um, and uh, kind of went downward spiral again. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as before in terms mm-hmm. of being angry or anything, but I was more emotional this time. I was sad. Um, I was depressed. I was diagnosed with severe depression. Yeah. Got to a point where I was absolutely in the gutter mm-hmm. and on the brink of suicide. Aye, so, I mean, when when we're talking about the emotional connection, so we know, obviously, that you had something going on in the past. Desires, dreams got torn away for you. You managed to build yourself up again. You got to a more content mind, head space. Yeah. And then again, due to the pandemic and stuff, you managed to carve a dream, you got a job that you liked, you enjoyed, you contributed to that. And then I got taken away again against your will in a similar kind of context to what you got before, but yeah. albeit different circumstances because you had a lot more stuff going on now. So, I mean, yeah, that's that that must be bloody like really difficult to comprehend and ultimately get out of. So just on the, on the notion you're talking about that, I was just a way to say a couple of things to you. Trust your struggle. Change is next level. Strength. Magic four. These are these are mantras, quotes that I've seen just on the back of what you've said there. So I've seen that the negativity that you've kind of portrayed through a lot of past experiences, those quotes there, um, they invoke a lot of the positivity that's been going on. So yeah. tell me a bit about them. What do they mean? 
So yeah, um, kind of turning everything that was negative and past struggles into a complete positive and turning uh, Hardcore Inc, which was which has been a concept for 12 months. Not a lot of people know that. It's mm-hmm. been a concept. It was something else. Um, it was merely just a name 12 months ago. Yeah. And there, there were some like very, very basic designs and stuff that had no kind of angle or avenue to, to go down. They didn't make sense. But with this whole, yes, I was a wrestler. Yes, I've been through some traumatic times. Yes, I've fought all the way through all that and got up to the top again. And I've climbed that mountain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to take what I had as a concept 12 months ago and make it a reality. So Hardcore Inc. today is, um, promotes a message mm-hmm. of positivity. Um, and I created a mindset called the Magic Four, mm-hmm. which uh, any walk of life can... Uh, get behind so magic four are just kind of four pillars that i look up to and kind of use in my day-to-day now so strength there's integrity there's uh, confidence and spirit um kind of in terms of strength we i try and promote that you can look inside yourself kind of conquer from within mm-hmm. integrity it's being honest and accountable um like me, I've, I've done bad things in my life. I uh, hold my hands up for it. Um, but I can speak about it now. I can be honest that those things impacted my struggles. So um, that's integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, confidence is having the confidence to kind of fight on and take that positive path. Because we all know there are two paths in life. There's a positive one, which is the, uh, the hard path to take or the negative one which is the easy one mm-hmm. most of us tend to take that negative path because it's easy and we don't want to fight for what's uh the the right mindset to be behind if you know what i mean yeah and okay. spirit spirit is kind of trust in that your struggle trust what you've been through and you'll get out on the other end eventually uh, but yeah reach out reach out there's loads of people none uh, not just me that'll uh, be in here and, and listen. No, that's cool. I like that. I really enjoy uh, the mantra. Like you said, you've just defined it there in terms of people who face adversity. If you can kind of learn along the way that there are ways you can get help, you can even be into the lowest of lows, you've got an ability to get out of it. If you can just yeah. adopt a kind of belief system and find some confidence in yourself. So, I mean, that's awesome. I've been fortunate to be in a position to be able to see yeah. see the progress and see the kind of building blocks of those stages that you've got to. So the Coven line itself, we've seen the apparel, we've seen the message that you put across. I mean, do you think the, the kind of mental health aspect to your Coven line, do you think that distinguishes you from everybody else in terms of what you're trying to do? Like you've, you've got cool clothes, but you've got a message at the same time. Do you think that that is distinctive to other people? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't. I don't want to primarily be um, distinguished as just being all about mental health. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we are kind of a streetwear kind of brand, and some of the collaborations that I've done are kind of in the kind of way of barber shops and kind of tattoo places. So mm-hmm. there's 
I mean, there's different different designs for different things, but yeah, primarily, uh, mental health is a big thing for me. I mean, yeah. ten years uh, of kind of battling through it to get to this stage. Um, I would be silly not to kind of do something with that, um, whether it be a brand, whether it be an advocate, whether support a charity um, mm. and help other people. Um, I, I would be silly not to use that to my benefit and others. Of course. No, it's understandable. So you've taken Hardcore Inc. I've noticed the traction that you've gained over the last uh, six months, I would say, in terms of public attention, social media awareness. People are chiming in with a lot of the kind of public stuff you're doing. You're portraying yourself in different ways. You're putting a bit of a fun element in with the reels. You're getting interaction that way. You've got shops all over the place online. Click of a button, people can get merch. People can find out about your collaborations and stuff. So um, I just wanted to ask briefly about the, the mental health aspect. So you've got clothing, you've got mental health messages. Um, what's going on with the mental health community for you? Are you in collaboration with anybody at the moment? Yeah, so just last week I had the uh, opportunity, and this was just purely from networking and kind of having chats with people. Mm -hmm. um, I originally spoke to a charity called Mind, um, yeah. who are a massive mental health charity, but unfortunately they only kind of cater to England and Wales, which was mm -hmm. which is still cool. They really helped out anyway, and kind yeah. of got me into contact with Sam H, who are kind of uh, Scotland's kind of big mental health charity. Yeah. Uh, the equivalent probably equivalent if, if you like um yeah so the opportunity came last week that uh hardcore inc and myself became the official uh fundraising partners to sam h awesome man. which is incredible mm -hmm. um so yeah we've got a, a couple of things lined up i mean i'm, I'm trying to brainstorm just now yeah. ideas to fundraise but just now, there's a couple of posts out just now where you can donate, do, donate what you can um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, have a look for them posts. And uh, yeah, you can donate, donate anything, anything you can. Uh, we'll try and get to that target. I think it's set the target to £100 initially. But yeah, we're going to be doing other things. Personally, I'm going to be doing things to kind of fundraise, whether that be a a 5k run or something like that um and as a brand hardcore inc's going to do kind of raffle kind of things giveaways going to do a collaboration design with sam h where all the funds will go um to sam h from that particular product um, but yeah so it's amazing great opportunity yeah man it's like i mean that's a full circle moment right there um, definitely using the resources to be able to find out about how to help individuals. Now you're working alongside them to help other people who could perhaps be in similar circumstances, man. I mean, that's um, full circle if I've ever heard it. Um, yep. What's next for Hardcore then? So have you got a five-year plan? If you were to tell me now, or better that, to word it better, in five years' time, if we can go, right, Mike, where are you at? Where would you want to be? Uh, me personally, um, I'll still be doing this brand, you know, even if it's where it is now in five years old, but it won't be, it won't be, but 
perspective, even if it's still in its position right now in five years, I'll still be doing it because it's it's my thing now. It's my kind of life. It's my kind of wrestling, uh, if you like, this brand, this work that I'm doing. Um, but no, yeah, to, to put, put it in perspective, uh, five years' time, I'd like to see it bigger. I'd like to see it a bit more mainstream. Yeah, we'll always support mental health mm -hmm. um, and all that kind of things. But yeah, I think over the next five years, you're going to see a complete evolution. Mm -hmm. um, we may step away from the kind of what we're doing now and go into complete kind of warehouse mode and have products there mm -hmm. that we can put into outlets and stuff. Yeah, That's a, an avenue that I kind of want to get to where... I'm not sitting waiting for uh, deliveries and stuff where I can have like stock that is on hand. Um, but it's all work. It's all work in progress. And I mean, it's not, it's not even been the first year yet. No, exactly. You're just into it. I mean, a lot of people, and this is not for experience, but just through perception, when you get an idea in your head and when you want to do something with it, it's very easy to just kind of, chuck all your eggs into one basket because that's the excitement and that like, that excitement should always remain. Yeah. But it's good to be sensible and kind of take on a hands-on approach but kind of slowly tread further and further into it, just being a bit mindful and stuff. So, yeah, man, that sounds like you're in a good place with that. Um, through your, your mantra and the way that you come across and the way that you're putting stuff out there and that, I've no doubt that um, in five years' time we'll both see a more successful brand, perhaps. We will see it when we're down down the high street. Um, are you looking to, just uh, on the back of that, are you looking to maybe, is it a world domination for you? Or is it just kind of a good a good reputable brand? People can see it's got a reputation. People want to wear your stuff because they like how it looks. They like the promotion of it. Or is it a world domination? Is there any avenues you're trying to get into, like sports as well? I mean, yeah, um, being, being, a, I still call myself a wrestler. Yeah. Um, it's, it's habit. In, in the blood. Yeah. Um, I still call myself that. But yeah, getting into sports, getting into that kind of combat world, um, whether it's wrestling, whether it's martial arts, whether it's MMA, um, getting into that kind of sports world would be pretty cool for me and a great opportunity, even to just design, because I like kind of drawing and doing graphics and designing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, even if it was just doing kind of logos for a fighter or whatever, mm -hmm. designing their T-shirt, um, yeah, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd love to do the sports thing, definitely. That would be awesome. Um, but, um, yeah, we've got plenty of collaborations just now. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just busy. It's just really but It's taken off. Um, kind of more than I thought it would. Um, like last week or two two weeks ago, I was just sitting kind of thinking what I'm doing and all of a sudden um, I reached out to the circle, so part of their network mm -hmm. and everyone's kind of jumped on board and kind of supported Hardcore Inc. So that's kind of grown the audience a little bit. They enjoy the story, get behind the story. Then sales have been coming in back and forth uh, over the last week, which is phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah I, can, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anything better right now than sitting doing this. No, man, that's, that's a dream. Um, 
get a job if you will where you didn't feel like you're working a day in your life's probably the best way to put it but um, I think the reason that people like hardcore as well as the designs and the message is that it kind of stems from a real story there's no fabricated and repackaged stuff going on there that's a real life experience for somebody who it wasn't hollywooded up it wasn't a kind of sugar coated it was real you got to the kind of bottom of the pit you've slowly worked your way back up you've got yourself in a position where you can say that's where I was this is where I am. That's where I'm going to be. Come along for the ride. Support my business. Hear the story. Let's work someone out. Let's get a message on the go. So that sounds great. Where can we hear about you and your charity projects? Where can we find you? So we're uh, hardcore links all over social media. Um, there's a range of links, uh, but probably the best way to get it is through Linktree. Because everything's there in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, Linktree forward slash Hardcore Inc. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, um, and all the, the stuff about the collaboration with um, Breathe Dundee, with Daily Punt, which me and yourself do, Punt. House of Handsome, <laughs> but, <laughs> House of Handsome uh, Barbershop collaboration and a partnership with uh, Sam Hitch. Um, so that's ongoing as well. But mm-hmm. every day, every day you'll see something new on the social media. Uh, exactly. It's just consistency and keeping to that grind, getting the message across and just hoping that people can look into it or look past um, what they think it is to see what it really is. You know what I mean? No, man, I get it. So, yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great idea, I think. Um, people should definitely be checking the hardcore link. So people, social media, I can't remember every address that Mike just said, but if you're going on Facebook, Instagram, you know what? Just Google hardcore link. Make sure it's hardcore with a K. The nice distinctive K for hardcore link. Check out their page, go to their link tree, see what they're doing, check the story, collaborations, check all the charitable work that they're doing and just get in on them while they're uh, a kind of low business because the way things are going, the traction they're getting, man, they'll uh, be yeah. fast kind of rising up in the ranks of Coven brands, certainly in the country and perhaps furthermore. Mike, it's funny, I know you. I'm going to be talking to you in a couple of hours and everything, but I appreciate <laughs> you coming on, mate. But I've got to do that wee kind of bite, hi, bite type deal. But cheers for coming on, man. It's good. It oh, definitely, oh. definitely won't be the, the first and last time for sure, man. No, it's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for uh, thinking of me and getting me on to do this and tell my story in a, a, a different light on a, a new platform. So, yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks, man. That's not a problem, man. I always want to get you on the show. And uh, at the end of the day, the show is about having a good chat, learning stuff. I even learned stuff for you that I never even knew about you, actually. I never knew you even went into MMA and stuff like that or yeah. aspire to be an MMA guy. So... That's awesome, man. So thanks again. I hope everybody enjoys the show and I will see you in a bit.